Welcome to the Why Not Us podcast. We're just a few dudes navigating life and talking about it. Thanks for listening. Jordan, are you playing with Riley here? Is this what, yeah, is that what's going on? Playing fetch. So Jordan's going to be playing fetch the whole night. Um, here we are. It's uh, May the Fourth be with you, gentlemen. By the way. Oh. Yeah, it's also my somebody, also somebody my worked. also my brother in law's birthday. So that's how I remember that usually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so shout out Kurt. He will not be listening to this or watching probably, but if he is. Shout out to you, Curtis. You only have one brother-in-law, right? Uh, I've got two. Two? Yeah. Oh, I'm in on Kelly's side. That's my bad. One, yeah, one on Kelly's side. One on That's Kelly's side. That's yeah. what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. Special episode tonight, guys. Special episode. Episode 29. And we are bringing on a guest for the second time. We, I mean, we did we did say 30 was like our, like, hey, time to bring people on. <laughs> So here we are. We're We're ahead of schedule, as far as I can tell, Joey. I would say so, because we this will be our second one. Yeah. Uh, Viewmaster Mike liked one of my videos, by the way, the other day, and I was like, "Ah, what's up, man?" Then I, dude, he's the man. Like him. Like him. I've seen him at the game. Had a couple home stands. What's that? You seen him any yet this year at a game? No, I haven't. We've only had a couple home stands, and I've been. I've only been in the outfield like one time, well, one time, you know, one time so far, and that would be the probably the only time I would see him based on where he usually sits. Um, so I've been lower le- level, but this month I'm in the outfield a bunch, so I might might run into him if I say see him, I'll definitely say hi to him. So yeah, for whatever Telling reason, you've got, you got another go quarter an hour by picketing. <laughs> Dude, and I mean, I've then I'm. We can give a we can give an update on the uh, Usher situation real quick. I mean, we oh, yeah, finally before we get we into that been... though, let's 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 talk about who we're bringing on later on, so that people know oh, okay. early. Uh, so our guest this evening is going to be Ty Compton, which is the head coach of the University of Pikeville basketball team. Uh, Ty and I we have a long history together. We went to school together, lived together for a little bit, uh, and he kind of started from like the bottom and worked his way all the way up to head coach and was announced the head coach a couple of years ago, had a rough couple of years cause of COVID. Uh, but yeah, we're bringing on Ty as a guest tonight. We're going to ask him some questions. We're going to interview him for about 20, 30 minutes uh, and get more of his story. Uh, we've all got some questions prepared. So I'm looking forward to that Southwest Virginia boy too, uh, which Jordan's probably got some Southwest Virginia stuff to to talk about tonight um i have two i have two great questions and two fun facts all right great all right one of them you may know on the fun fact i don't know okay so gonna be a really good conversation so definitely stick stick around for that uh joey sorry i cut you off there oh you're good we we just agreed to um a new contract unfortunately Everybody gave in, man. I don't know how to describe it other than that. That was what was a little off-putting by it all. And um, what do you everybody mean, talked in? a big game. Like, so we were going on strike, like, right. Thursday. Like, weren't working the game. By Tuesday, our union leaders, who are elected officials by the union, I granted, I, I was already in the union. I didn't elect these people or whatnot. 
had already met and agreed to a new contract that the only real change was a five cent bump in back pay uh, that five we were then cents? supposed to. You heard me correctly. Dude, that's silly. Um, and I just was very confused by the whole situation beyond that. And I don't know if somebody got a handout. I'm not saying that. I don't know these people. I'll be honest with you guys. Um, but it was just a little off-putting, a little disheartening. And the whole like situation anyway with how the Pirates, I thought, handled it. You know, because, again, we weren't asking for, like, even what other parks get. That's what was so confusing to me, right? Like, And I'm okay with that, right? Like, I, I just don't get what happened. I, I really don't from a perspective of, like, you talked a big game. You talked about how you were going to fight for these people and how they weren't getting enough money. And then – we officially voted this past Sunday on it, but because we had our leaders had agreed to this contract, they told us to go back to work. So we ended up working the next two series and then we voted officially on this past Sunday and it was, you know, not even close. I didn't even go, man. I was, I've just been off put by it all. And like, huh. just bum bummed is the best way to put it. You know, um, I have unions just, for you folks. Just haven't been enjoying being at the park like I want to, to be honest with you. Um, you should just like quit that job and go to the park and enjoy it not working. I, I could. I could. That's that's something that I've I've considered, to be honest with you. But yeah, I don't I don't get it, man. Like, I don't I, you know, you went to the media, you like were ready to go. And then all of a sudden. I, it just it just was a little bummer, like is the best way to put it. And you probably can hear my voice a little bit. But was yeah, man, like even a... like even like we have one like usher trustee. Like each person had a representative, right? There's a president, there's a oh, vice okay. president, and like ask. there's someone for the ushers, there's someone for the greeters, there's someone for the ticket takers, there's someone for the ticket sellers, you know. And the usher guy even like sent out an email the night before the vote and was like, "We should just take it, guys. We should just take it at this point." And I was just like, "What the hell happened?" I, and that's what's off putting is like we weren't even asking for more money that like compared to everybody else like we weren't even getting ourselves to even like a decent wage comparatively to Pittsburgh sports compared to DC sports and they just rolled over so I, I just was it just really bummed me out Dang. Tony Soprano got his cut who cares about everybody else yes man I don't know I really don't know so so what happens now? Just By things go back game, to normal. Yeah, I mean, again, like I said, I worked the past. I worked five of the last six games we had two weeks ago. I said two weeks ago, about ten days ago, and then the next series starts tomorrow. I won't be working this series, obviously, because I'm going to California, <laughs> driving to California starting Saturday morning. Um, Gosh, that is yeah, gonna be so awesome. Saturday and morning, probably like eight a.m. I'll be. Heading to California. And man, but people love your stories whenever you're traveling. It is great. I got to, I don't know. I've got to figure out a better way to make it more exciting. I don't, and that, don't that's the only don't big, change only a thing. Issue. I think it's really exciting. The only big issue with it is it's like these aren't like fun things we get to do because they're literally, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm usually doing this as a favor for somebody else, obviously one, and I'm getting compensated. Don't get me wrong, folks, but. I'm also like on a, on a schedule. Like I've got a life to live outside of doing this. So I've always got somewhere or something that I need to be at. So I don't have a much time to enjoy it. Um, we're hoping this trip, maybe in the evenings we can enjoy some stuff. 
But again, we're trying to get to California by Wednesday. Uh, my flight is Wednesday evening to fly back east. Um, so I can be here maybe Thursday for a little, little bit of work. And then I've got to be at a couple of events Friday and Saturday. So uh, that's like our, we got a little bit of a time crunch there for me. So hopefully we're able to enjoy some things and see some things. We'll see. Are you so, working weddings uh, yeah. again this year? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I, I had agreed. I'm not kidding. Like probably three or four months ago to work two weddings this coming weekend, because there's two girls that are in charge of the venue that are there on day of, and one is going on vacation more or less or doing something. So they asked me to kind of be her fill in. So I, you know, when I promise something like that, I'm not the kind of guy who wants to just bail on something like that. So if y'all didn't um, know, Joey likes to burn the candle at both ends. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that too, man. Maybe that too. Um, but yeah, it's going to be exciting. I was talking to uh, Robbie tonight and you know, he's, he's crazy, man. They just took their kids on a cruise. And I, I, I was like, dude, that's Gosh, gotta be the worst that. idea. For her. What's yeah, that? He's got I'd love to be on a cruise somewhere right now. Dude, but they took five kids yeah. okay, under well, five years old on a cruise. Can you imagine? Five, he's got a litter yeah. of kids, Jones. Like, but yeah. but can you imagine? Like, and, and think about this, Jones. Have you ever been on a cruise? First off, you can't fit all those kids in one room. No. So then I've you've got two parents, one. right? So they're they're going to have to split up the kids, right? Yeah. He he told me tonight briefly when we were talking, they couldn't fit the stroller down the hallway. It wasn't big. It was too big. So like, I he, he had carry four any kids. Kind of he's got the, five kids. Yeah, he's got four of his own. The fifth one is from a uh, his wife's previous relationship. Oh, it doesn't matter. Um, it's his kid, right? It's uh, there's five. Yeah, kids yeah. They take they, that they, he's they, looking they, at right. They child. Yeah, but she's not a kid. She's she's like a middle schooler. Um, okay. but children. But can you imagine? Can you imagine? That's, and like that's insane. I was like, dude. I, I was like, dude. You'll never go again, will you? And he's like, no. It's one of the worst ideas we've ever had. <laughs> um, yeah, not uh, probably relaxing part, but, at all. That's for sure. Well, that's the thing. And that's my point now. I'm like, can you imagine us having to drive all five of them across the country? I don't, that's, that's not, that's not a good idea. Mm -hmm. So that's why we are doing it on our own and taking the two dogs and they'll fly out later. So, so, yeah, so what's the logistics here? You gotta, you gotta fly. Fly flying to DC. To yeah. DC. Flying to DC into Dulles Saturday morning. First thing, 6am landing, 730, probably hop in the car by eight with him. He's okay. driving a car to the airport on Friday night. You get an Uber home and he's going to drive the second car when he picks me up Saturday morning. And we'll just take the other car that's been there overnight and hit the road, man. So I think so first it's time, you, and, you and him both are going to be riding together with the dogs. No, across no two the separate cars, two separate cars. Okay. So, um, and then we'll, we'll think first stop is going to be Chicago. Um, and Chicago. then I think Chicago is going to be south of Chicago. We're not going to like go up, up into the city. Um, but from there you can kind of take two different routes. Um, and I think we're going to be taking the Northern of the two routes just because we think there's more cities and more things to see along the way. Are you going to follow them there? They're flying. Or what, you're driving to you're getting to Chicago and then you're getting a car, right? And then you're driving from there to California. How's this working again? I, did you not listen to anything I just said? Yeah, follow, man. Keep up. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to <laughs> follow. You're going to DC and then you're driving to Chicago. That's the first stop of the trip. Okay. And then you're getting in an airplane in Chicago? No, that's and, just the first oh. stop. <laughs> You're driving all the way to California. That's what we're getting at here, right? Yeah, yes. yeah. Right. That's what I was saying. You said you guys, are, he, 
you said, are you following them there? I'm like, no. no you're riding two separate are... cars. Are you all yes. driving together there in two separate cars? Or are you going to be going ahead of them and doing your own Well, thing no, we're or... just going to try to keep up with each other. Yeah, that's the goal. Um, right. But that's... the kids are flying. How did y'all not get that? <laughs> How did y'all not understand that when I was asking that? Did I... you ask, are you following them? Like, no, Yeah. I was like, what did you think I meant? Flying. I was like, who am I following? I don't know. We're going to be riding together. We're tag teaming this. Um, but we're I, the first stop is going to be Chicago for us. Is our I, I say stop, like big city. The funny thing is, like, we're going to drive right through Pittsburgh, like, <laughs> or right around Pittsburgh. That's that's where the, oh, the I truck guess takes that's us. The way you would go, yeah. But like, we have to go get the cars. Like, I have to find some way to get the cars, and that was the most logical way for me to fly down there and get them. Dude, so because they've sold their house forever. already. That's their, that's their thing. They've already sold their house, so uh, they move out like tomorrow. So you definitely won't be able to go at your pace. That's for sure. Oh yeah. No. And that's the thing. I, like I said, it's just, it's really, honestly, it's really just what the dog's pace wants to be, how much the dogs have to want to get out and do whatever they need to do. So since it's just me and him and two dogs. So. Yeah. Our dog travels pretty well. She, she can make it for a long time, but you know, we try to stop every, you know, three or four hours or whatever. Depending sure, on where we're sure. going. Yeah, yeah, that's what we'll just figure it out, you know. And we kind of want to watch the Kentucky Derby a little bit if we can on Saturday. That's Saturday evening, so we're trying oh, yeah. to stop. Are you gonna be making any it. bets? I don't know, man. Probably put like a couple bucks down. Nothing insane. I, I I literally haven't done a ton of research yet. I wish I'd done more. Um, but I probably could have carved more time out at work <laughs> as opposed to doing real work. <laughs> but i got a guy i work with who he's a it's a it's a pa bred horse so he's kind of partial to it it's a called angel of empire that's his favorite pick of the, of the weekend but word on the street is the favorite might scratch tomorrow morning so that would really put a wrench into things they uh, sure are falling it's called forte is the name of the horse and they think it might have a bone bruise from a, a training session this morning but it hasn't been officially announced yet so mm. but the horse race in twitter world is a buzz so nice Nice. Yeah. So, what else going on? We haven't we haven't been on here in what two or three weeks? Two weeks? We because you were sick, Jones, right? Yeah, dude. Oh my gosh. You were down for the count. That was the absolute worst. Uh, so I had adenovirus, and it the way it, it feels like you've got COVID and the flu, and then adenovirus. You also get pink eye. What is a symptom? So I had pink eye in both of my eyes. So they were like glued together because they were so goopy and, you know, itchy and just really sucked. And then I just felt horrible because I had the other symptoms that were kind of like flu-like symptoms. So I had the fever. I had the fatigue. So I basically laid flat on my back for like four or five days and did absolutely nothing until I got better. Wow. Uh, I didn't realize it was that bad. It was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. I couldn't do anything. It was and do you awful. think you got it from like Felix's daycare or something like yeah, that? Yeah, he, Felix... he had had it the week okay. before. Oh. And so he actually had adenovirus and rhinovirus together, which is wild. These are things I've never heard of, you, Joey? We had no. never heard of them either until until this, you know? No clue. But we, we actually had to spend a day. Uh, a uh, few hours in the ER with him because he his temperature Ugh. got up to 104.8. Oh, 
which is really, really high. So we were in the ER with him and then you can't really do anything except for, you know, take Tylenol, ibuprofen. There's really nothing else you can do. And then making sure, you're get, making sure you're getting enough fluids, like control the, you know, the, the temperature. Um, and then my eyes started getting red and I was like, oh no, maybe it's just going to be pink eye. You know, maybe I'll just, that's all I'll get. And then be good after that. And then a couple of days go by and I just get floored, man. It just hit me all at once. Mm. I'd actually ran with Penny uh, Friday morning. We did like four and a half miles and I had like pink eye, you know, during that, but it wasn't like bothering me so bad that I couldn't like move my body, you know? And then that afternoon, I just like, boom, it hit me. And I was just like, I can't do anything. It was so bad. It was so bad. Did you lose a bunch of weight too then because you couldn't eat or what? Or could you eat? I could eat. I was eating pretty well. There was a couple evenings where I didn't eat that much. But uh-huh. um, yeah, I mean, there was a, a couple times where I just didn't feel like I couldn't yeah. eat anything. So I was nauseous because I did puke a couple times. That was a symptom mm-hmm. I had. So it was like all the worst symptoms possible, plus having pink eye and two eyes. <laughs> That's brutal, dude. It was really, really brutal, but thankfully I got through it and uh, I feel a ton better. So, yeah. Well, good. Yeah. Then it just we, knocked you me had, out for a while. You had that and then Jordan uh, was golfing, so he couldn't talk to us. Yeah, While Jordan. He How's was, the golf been? Huh? It's How's good. the golf been? A good weekend. Went to Charleston for the weekend or Folly Beach. Folly Beach, I guess. When I went to Charleston, we didn't get to go over to Folly. How is it over there? I, it's it's okay. I like North Carolina beaches that better than South Carolina beaches. The sands like the sand and water aren't as great, unless the further south you go. Yeah. Yeah, the water's just kind of just kind of dirty. Uh, How'd you shoot them? Eight eighty six on Friday, ninety one on Saturday. Uh, any any chirpers uh, out there? Any birds out there? I, I didn't even check the app. Uh, a couple. The guy played. The guy I played with. He's pretty good. He had a. I don't know. He shot like a seventy nine on uh, on Saturday at the at the Kiowa Oak Point. That's pretty good. Did you get paired with good. somebody, or is it somebody you knew? A uh, guy I know. His okay. uh, his fiance is a family attorney as well. Okay. Uh, yeah. Sweet. Must be nice. Yeah, 79. I, I would die for a 79. I haven't played in a while. When's the last time I played? I can't even remember. Got to get out there, which I, you have more uh, responsibilities at home than, than Joe. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I just haven't had time. I, what I should do is play like during the week some, like when he's out at daycare, like go in the morning and play nine holes or something because I can knock that out pretty quick. Yeah, or find a league. Join a Tuesday night league or Wednesday night or something. Can't do nights. Uh, that's pretty much off the table. Oh. Can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly's like, ah, no, can't do that. Can't. I, I go get him from daycare at around like uh, 4.30 every day. And it takes mm. about 25 minutes to get there. Uh, we get Where's back. Where's he in daycare at? In Prestonsburg. Oh, well, yeah, you do got to drive then. Yeah. Too. So when we get back, then it's like you got to, it's dinner time. So you got to get his dinner ready. And then after his dinner, then it's bath time. 
you know, and then it's like bottle time before bed. And then it's like you put him to bed around like seven o'clock. So uh, it's kind of a lot for one person if I'm gone. <laughs> but there's times where we, you know, we tackle it ourselves. It's just easier to do it with two people. Sure. Sure. Mm. But you could be having uh, double that, like uh father of twins. I don't know. I how don't know. I know. I don't One's got to be bad. I don't know how two is. And he's like, you know, that's all I've ever done. So we just like do it. We just <laughs> yeah. do it. You know? Yeah. Right. It's just the norm to him. Yeah. 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 I wonder how the clergy's doing. Probably pretty good. I think so. Yeah. Last yeah. time yeah. I talked was- to him, he's at like a work function. He was eating uh, deviled eggs with caviar on top of Caviar. Love that. Love deviled eggs part, not caviar part. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> what, hey, what did we decide? Uh, you sent that chat, that text about you and him working on the thing. What weekend did we decide on golf? Or is it the oh, one yeah, the golf he never trip. came. He never came back. He never okay. came back with what I, the date I, was. And I told I think, you guys. That it, I think it's the third weekend. I said the last weekend. I actually think it's the third. Well, and I, and I told you guys, it's no big deal for me anyway. If I don't, I like, I'm not upset if I you guys do a weekend. I can't. We're go. upset. We're upset, Joey. Well, I, my point is, I've got so much stuff going on anyway. Like, I, I, I don't even know. I, fall, I need like the fall. Like, if we can, if we can agree to do it in the summer, it would be easier. It'd be I cheaper. Need, like, Sure, sure. I need like three more streams of income and like two more of me to like <laughs> be able to do all the things we have to do in the Don't next. We like, all wish we had three other streams of income. Well, yeah, but I just mean like because we have so many weddings and things going on, and I'm just like just a lot of personal stuff for the year. Yeah, well, even even at that time of the year is what it's going to be. Like I'm looking at it, and my one buddy was like, "Hey, you should come to Oktoberfest with us in Germany," and I'm like, "Dude, I would really love to do that." But like, I don't know how I can like swing it. <laughs> like, I mean, you should definitely go to that. We can go play golf another time. You may well, not get to go to Oktoberfest again. So, well, no, they're gonna go again. That's not the issue. Um, it's just like I love like those things. Like, I haven't been to Germany in a long time, and I would love to go back. I've never so, been. I'd love to go. Give me an excuse to go over there when some friends of mine are going who've been before, more or less, and like have lived there before. You know, like that's the best time to go, in my opinion, to those places. Sure, it's fun to like adventure on your own and do those things but it also helps uh-huh. to like know somebody that knows the way of the land can show you some places 100 percent. in my opinion personally that i've i've been places where it's just been a lot more helpful to you for you don't have to worry about those things like show you how you use a train in a foreign country like lord you can figure it out sure but that sounds like a then you're gonna be upset when you're on the wrong one going the wrong way you know like that, that kind of thing that um you but, all have more of a desire to see the world than i do <laughs> This is oh, true. Yeah. I'm I I fine with all, tropical man. vacation destinations. Uh, going to Europe it does not excite me. Doesn't excite if, you. No. If I get on a wrong train in Wyoming, I know the United States. I can figure it out. I don't know other fucking countries. You, you, would, you wouldn't be handling that okay either, Jordan. You would not be in a good spot. <laughs> yeah. You you would enjoy it once you got over there. It's I just... travel fine in the United States. In another country that they don't speak what I speak, that's a problem. Everybody speaks English. Well, they Mostly. may not speak Appalachian. Yeah, so I was gonna say, what about his? What about his English, Jones? <laughs> they, I don't know. They understood me pretty well, but maybe I don't have a thick. I don't think you're as you're not as twangy as I am. Yeah, lost lost my hey saw twang, man. <laughs> Does anybody That's have anything going on? 
Anybody do anything this weekend? Joey's driving across the country, so whatever. But uh, I will be here this weekend. Uh, yeah, we're not going anywhere for the first time in a long time. Yeah, you've been keeping the roads off. Yeah, and I've been – this week has been crazy. I've had a – I shot a couple of videos this week, and last night I shot a video on UVA-wise campus – and it took us probably it took me about like a month and a half to plan this video. But basically, we I surprised students and gave away five hundred dollars uh, for them to give a billion dollar pitch and do it in sixty seconds. And we like I saw it. your I saw your post about it, Jones. Wow. Yeah, so it was like a promo for my uh, entrepreneurship conference um, that's coming up in August. But it was a pretty cool thing, man. Uh, it just took a lot of planning and I was stressed out so bad yesterday, but it ended up going okay. What um, uh, pitches won? That's what we need to know. Well, we can't, you can't tell us yet, right? Oh, you can't tell us? No, we can't. It was a, it was a solar, solar flares, I think what they call the company. Uh, so they come up with this idea of how, you know, there's a problem of how the batteries don't last a very long time on the uh, automatic cars or the electric cars. So to have like a solar component that would hook up to the battery uh, so you could get charge uh, basically on your on your car all the time from the sun. Another person hates gas, I see. <laughs> well, I didn't is, know if we had any bacon cool. barrel uh, no bacon ideas. That's what there I was, was one, asking. There was one kid that uh, wanted to start a uh, franchise food food business starting out as a food truck. I uh, was going to call it Soupies with a Z at the end. Um, and he was going to. Soupies. Yeah, he was going to franchise uh, some restaurants. Um, there was another idea. It had to do with a stoplight. So like, you know, like on a traffic light, you don't know exactly when it's going to turn like green or whatever. There's not like a countdown or whatever. Yeah. So she suggested to have like a countdown in the the circle uh, you know, the red, yellow, or green, or whatever, to give you a time because she has like severe anxiety with that kind of stuff. And she was like, I wish I knew, like, if I was stopped at a red light, how long it was going to take before it was going to turn green. That seems like someone's in a hurry. <laughs> I guess that seems like more of a, I'm in a hurry to get somewhere than anxiety. Yeah, I guess. Uh, but what we did, we had them there, they thought they were just coming there for pizza. And then uh, we filtered them, filtered them into the theater room, which the theater on campus is awesome. Jordan, you've probably been nice. there. It was really cool. Nice. And then we had somebody kind of like say, hey, we're getting ready to start the event. And we shut the lights completely like black. We did a blackout. And then the Creator Con logo popped up on the screen. And then I came out in these like LED glasses in pitch black dark. <laughs> but you loved it. <laughs> it was so fun, man. And then we How put many the lights there? on. I was like... Uh, there were probably like 15 students. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I was hoping if we would have had more time to promote it. Sure. Had, there'd be more. Yeah, of course. Of course. And it was toward, you know, it's toward the end of the year. Students are kind of checked out. Um, but I thought like the turnout was, it was pretty good. Um, cause the, the whole day I'm like, there's going to be nobody showing up, you know? Like well, that's got to worry about that. I'm sure you're right. And then I was like, okay, we need a plan B here. We need to figure out if no students come, what's our other option for 
you know, doing a video because I've got a videographer there. I'm already paying him. So, you know, we've got to figure out what we're going to do if he, you know, if no students show up. So I was thinking through that more than I was thinking through like plan A. Yeah. So, man, it was stressful, but it turned out to be awesome and, you know, got some good content. That's great. Yeah, I saw your videographer. I meant to ask you about that in the chat. In the mirror of your the com comedians. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. He was just that was the only like flash you got of him. I was like, oh, that must be Jones's guy or something. I, yeah. I figured it was your buddy, the old Jeremy. I don't know his name. Yeah, I figured it was a different guy, but then I think you guys might even mention his name in the in the that uh, video. Fun, that was a fun you guys video have some, If you guys just had some time, go check out Jones's uh, comedian yeah. buddy who he posted about a thirty minute video of of a. What would you call it? MTV style cribs? It's kind of, yeah, it's sort of, it's sort of like that. It's sort of like behind the scenes with him at his house talking about like how he creates videos, some of the stuff he uses in his skits and sketches. And then we went to one of his businesses toward the yeah. end of the, because he owns a coffee shop and we do business together there. And I don't, I don't know him, Jones, but I'm trying to watch the video and I'm like, nothing I, nothing he said I could take seriously. That's what I think I took from it is what I think yeah. his personality is. Yeah. Um, but it was just hard because I don't know him. I was like, I don't know this guy. You know, it's, it's just like, I think none of this is serious. He keeps talking about, but I'm not sure. Most of it is not serious. Uh, yeah, that's what that, I figured. The podcast uh, episode that we did was really funny. The first part that he said was, I was going to start a mini donut truck, but a mobile meth lab sure sounds pretty nice. And then we started the podcast. <laughs> oh, uh, I also okay. Loved your transition, by the way, from uh, his yard to the uh, coffee shop. But yeah. Oh, yeah, that was good. That was good. <laughs> so go watch this video. Go to my YouTube channel and watch those. Uh, all right. So we got Ty coming up. It's nine o'clock. So uh, we're going to. Uh, in this one and bring Ty on. We're going to interview him and be with him for 20, 30 minutes. All right. We are back. Uh, and we have a special guest, as we mentioned in the beginning of the episode. We have Mr. Ty Compton, head basketball coach of the University of Pikeville's basketball team. Ty, welcome. Awesome. Appreciate you guys. Uh, let me come on and, and chop it up with you tonight. There's going to be millions of people that watch this, Ty. Let me mm -hmm. just tell you uh you this is episode 29 and we said that we were going to get really good at this at episode 30 and we were going to have how many more guests were we supposed to have before 30 i can't remember but you're our second you're a second guest well you've uh you've not got a lot of experience with that in the uh in the previous 28 episodes i guess what, what's funny is that like every every time we do this we're like we're gonna bring on some more guests we're gonna we're gonna do it. we've got some people to bring on and then i was like you know what i saw ty the other day i'm just gonna get him i'm just gonna get him on here we're just gonna yeah I mean, that, that's awesome no I, I appreciate it and uh you know it's always good to catch up and and always good to just chop it up when we get a chance life life gets busy and and yeah. uh things get in the way yeah, and uh, new dad here too, fellas. All right, congratulations. Uh, yeah, congratulations. Thank you. Yep, she's uh three months old. She just actually went down. It's not been a not been a great evening, but it's been an evening for sure. <laughs> well, soon enough you'll be just watching watching film with her right on your right on your lap there, right? Well, right now my days so far this week my days have started with a four every morning um oh yeah and that's not been it's not been great but uh i'm getting used to it. this is actually this is going to be past my bedtime I'm, I'm usually i've been getting in bed between 9 and 9 30 just because i know 
I know that four four thirty alarm clock is become <laughs> guaranteed every morning. So this is this is going to push my limits, make my Friday hard. Well, thanks for coming on, man. Oh, this absolutely. is sure special. I tell you, yeah, man. Uh, I'm in a, a similar boat there. Uh, Felix is still not sleeping through the night, so you you have mm-hmm. that to look forward to for the next seven or eight months still probably well, you know and I, i'll give i'll give my wife credit she she handles um she handles like the the first awakening you know that's usually that's usually around two o'clock three o'clock something of that a little earlier than that maybe but i uh i handle the morning real morning duty i guess she handles the afternoon duty yeah all right so let's let's dive in here so obviously ty you and i know each other very well went to school together, lived together for a little bit. And I've kind of watched you sort of grow in this basketball career from the very, very beginning, which has been really Mm -hmm. remarkable. I mean, you started out as a student assistant and you were washing towels for a while, you know, and just doing the, doing the hard work and just kind of worked your way up. And now you're head coach, which is just awesome to see really. Um, But for the people that don't know you, Tell, tell us a little bit about you, where you're from, um, and then kind of like your journey and how you got into this position. Yeah, sure. Um, and I'll, I'll try to give you the, the cliff notes version of it and get through it quickly. But it's uh, I'm from Grundy, Virginia, originally born and raised and um, graduated from Grundy in 2006 and uh, actually went to uh, thought, thought I wanted to play football. That was what I that was what I enjoyed doing. That was what I was was probably best at. And uh, went to Kentucky Christian University uh, as in their first recruiting class. Um, UVA wise, his coach Dane Dameron was actually the coach there at the time, and uh, just wasn't ready for that. wasn't ready to get away from home. You know, at that point in time, Grayson, Kentucky seemed like it was a different world from from Grundy, Virginia. You know, I felt like I was so far away, and and uh, you know, just just wasn't prepared for that. So I went back home and then got my associate's degree at Southwest Virginia Community College, and. While I was back home, uh, my the, the coach for my senior year of high school was Greg Reif, and he had asked me if I had any interest in coaching our middle school team since I'd come back home. And um, my mom and dad had both coached basketball my whole life, and, and basketball was what I was passionate about. Um, so I said, sure, you know, that'd be fantastic. So, I, you know, I was 19 years old and was coaching the middle school team and, and got to be an assistant with the JV team there at home and coached a couple games as a head coach there when, when the head coach had a, a an illness and – uh, just loved it. You know, it was it was something I was passionate about and kind of made the decision at that point that I wanted to try to get into college coaching somehow, some way. And, you know, being from where we're from, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's not a real common path. That's not something that I, I didn't really know anybody uh, that had done that, didn't really didn't have a golden ticket. Richie Riley that used to work here at Pikeville and is now the head coach at South Alabama. He talks about the the golden tickets and and I didn't have one. I didn't have anybody that played. I didn't have uh, any experience myself, I, you know, I just didn't have anything. So had made the decision. I want to come to Pikeville and, um, just met with coach, coach Wells and, and went in and just told him I want to be involved. And that this was what I thought I wanted to try to do. And obviously he was very skeptical at the time. I'm sure he had a lot of people that, that did the same thing, you know, and, you didn't really know him. I had no you? idea who he was. Yeah. No. And, um, it was, uh, you know, looking back on it, you know, thinking about some of the experiences that I've had as I've went on in my career and some of the conversations I've had with people, just knowing what goes into it and, and how hard it is to start. Um, I'm sure he was thinking, you know, that, you know, we'll we'll see if he wants to hang around or not. But um, 
it, it just stuck. It worked out. You know, like you said, I started as a student manager and and, and just kind of did what I had to do. You know, I run the clock. I ran the um, swept the floor, did the laundry, packed the gear, just whatever. And uh, I've been lucky enough to hold every position that our program has to offer since. You know, I've, I've been able to be a part time assistant, a graduate assistant, um, full time assistant, associate head coach, and then was lucky enough uh, in 2020 to be named the head coach. But, you know, the journey's been long. It's been uh, certainly uh, bumpy. Uh, certainly has tested my patience and tested my commitment. And, um, you know, I, I've had opportunity, you know, every time I felt like I needed a career advancement of some sort or, you know, within the industry, it, it's really uncommon for people to stay in the same place for a very long period of time. It's, yeah, they move around mm -hmm. and, and you, you know, working for different people is kind of, uh, kind of how you build your own library, I guess. And, and it's kind of frowned upon, honestly, if you haven't done that. And, uh, you know, I was lucky enough to work with a bunch of assistants over that period of time. You know, this is my finishing my 14th year uh, involved with the program. And I've worked with so many different people in graduate assistant roles and assistant roles and, you know, was able to learn from those guys while always working for Coach Wells, um, you know, who's, who's my boss now still. So um, it's it's a it's an awesome experience. It's been a it's been a trying journey, but it's been a very rewarding journey. And I'm um, lucky to to be able to do it. You know, I was born here in Pikeville, actually. Um, so to be able to, to you know, kind of come full circle back and go to school here and, and find, you know, my dream career um, in an area that there's just not a ton of opportunity for it. And there's not a ton of people that do it. Um, mm -hmm. it it's It's overwhelming to think about sometimes, but I'm extremely blessed and extremely lucky to be able to do what I do. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you were with Kelly for so long, and you all won a national title when I was eleven there. years. Yeah, we we were part yeah. two thousand eleven. We won the national championship, and wow. um, that was when we were living together still in, in college. And and uh, dude, we uh, do you remember the the video of the whole baseball yeah. team in our apartment yeah. whenever y'all yeah. won? We were going ballistic, man. Yeah, and you know, I, I honestly, um, you know, I think back to those times in, in our apartment there. Um, on map drive we won't and, we won't talk about too much no, in the apartment no yeah. no 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 I, I think back to some of those times <laughs> and, and honestly man like you know there was a lot of uh you know I think back and I, I think that I had to have had to show a lot of discipline during that time period um to be able to do what I was hoping to do and and to stay focused on that to try to graduate as well um yeah there was a lot of times where I, I think I my I learned to focus. I learned to um, sacrifice. I think a little bit is a good way of putting it. I just, See the ba I, the baseball team helped you. Yeah, uh, they did. They did. Bring you learned, in this position. I learned that you know the the pain of doing what you need to do versus what you want to do. I learned that early, and and um, you know, thankfully, I started that way, and it's it was much easier to to do that along the way in the journey um, since I started doing that. I mean, I've never held. I did some odds and ends jobs and, and, you know, early in college and, uh, in, in high school, but, you know, professionally speaking, this is, this is what I've done my entire professional career and just turned 36. So, I mean, it's, um, never known anything else. Yeah. I don't want to jump in here and ask all the questions here, Joey and Jordan. <laughs> I know y'all have some too. So I'm going to, I'm going to turn it over to you guys. I got one. Um, so I, I went to UVA-wise, so I remember the big the Mid-South days. I do have one question. Is Trevor Zeddy the biggest villain in Pikeville College U-Pike history on the men's hoop yeah. side? He certainly embraces it the most, that's for sure. <laughs> um, 
he Trevor, is an interesting character. He is, man. Trevor's Trevor's uh he's a he's a different kind of dude, man. He's a great guy. Um, you know, if he's in your corner, he's in your corner. Uh he'll fight to the death for you. Uh he went to the Hall of Fame. I, I don't know if it was last year or the year before he was inducted to our Athletics yeah. Hall of Fame and uh came back and got to see him, got to spend some time with him there. And um he's actually uh we played Thomas Moore uh the last few years in the Mid South Conference up in Crestview Hills in northern Kentucky. And that's where Trevor is living now, is, is right there in the Erlanger area. And um we had Trevor come out. He spoke to our team and spent some time with with our guys. So he's, you know, he's uh he's doing really well. He played for a really long time. COVID uh, kind of brought him back home and and just really never rekindled what he wanted to do going overseas. But he was overseas from the time he graduated to the time that uh to the time COVID happened. So um he had a good career over there too. Yeah, he he played really well. Um, you know, played really well in some really good leagues, really well respected leagues, and um, just just now trying to adjust to to the real world, I guess. You know, working a real job and and uh, just trying to fit in and doing that. Whereas you know, he's he's as as dedicated as anybody. He's maniacal when it comes to basketball and and whatever he's committed to at that point in time. I mean, it it kind of overtakes him. And basketball was that for a long time for him. And trying to adjust coming back home. Uh, after living in, you know, he's he's a free spirit. So living overseas and having to experience different cultures and different different places, that was that was great for him. Like he was right mm -hmm. up his alley. Um, so, uh, but he he certainly embraces the villain role for sure. He embraced it uh, during his playing time. Uh, but I'm telling you what, man, there was there was uh, there was a lot of times I was really happy that he was on our side. That's for sure. Oh yeah, especially during the tournament because he had yeah, some big yeah. he had some big games. Yeah, he he was, you know, the moment was never too big for him. You know, you actually had to dial him down a little bit in some instances um, just because he was – he wanted the moment so much. Um, you know, he he played he played his best in the biggest games, and that's, you know, for a for an impact player, for a guy you're going to rely on, that's a, that's a trait that uh, I wish was easier to evaluate and easier to find. But when you do find it, it's it's good to have. Yeah. My second question actually comes from Mr. Sutherland's fourth grade class at San Luke Elementary School. They want to know who the best basketball player that came out of the Grundy United Methodist preschool class of yours. <laughs> well, I, I'd say that Jake Colley probably gets me on the <laughs> on the court. Um, you know, luckily I found a way to stick around in it and have made, you know, made a little more money in, in the sport, I guess, than, than Jake. But uh, playing-wise – uh jake jake had a pretty good career man that was a long, <laughs> long time ago that was that was right across from my grandparents house that was that was uh that was good stuff we we talk about jake's career as an intramural player all the time on the ball. oh yeah <laughs> he, uh, i mean he was he was just always you know he he was uh you know and i guess robbie was a little bit like that too and, and some of those guys before him over there but he was like, uh, you know, around home even then. You know, he was bigger than everybody, really, for the most part. Yeah. And he was just skilled and could really shoot it, and, and he had the, the smarts to go with it. You know, and it was, yeah, that was uh, that was the thing. You know, thinking back about it, you know, I don't know that he was overly athletic or, you know, vertically athletic, I should say. Like, you know, he wasn't just a high flyer or wasn't uh, super fast, really. I guess, you know, in, mm -hmm. in comparison to, you know, elite athletes. But uh, he he found a way to get it done and was really good. Mm -hmm. uh, you know he's he was 
he was definitely the better player. There's no question. <laughs> no question. I could be on the team, but he's he's going to get the shots. We got to get him the shots. <laughs> get him I've the never damn seen, ball. I've never seen Jake do anything uh, poorly. I've always seen yeah. him. Everything he's been, he's been good at uh, athletically. Uh, I got a question for you. Uh, I mean, you obviously been in it 14 years, if you said, as a former director of basketball operations myself. Uh, what is the for the people out there listening? We talk about some of our our, our days when we Jordan and I are both in college athletics. What's like the craziest thing that's happened to y'all on a road trip? Uh, you know, I, I logistically, if that makes any sense. Yeah, for sure. No, no, that's a that's a huge part. I mean, even here at even here at, at UPike, I'm lucky enough to have uh, you know have a director of operations, so to speak, and sure. I, more graduate assistance kind of helps with that too. And um, you know, we've been pretty lucky in that regard. Um, other than, you know, you had the early on, you had the occasional bus breaking down or a flat sure. tire or, um, you know, something crazy like that, that just, you can't, can't really help. Um, you know, for, for me, you know, since I, especially since I've been the head coach, I don't know that we've had anything crazy happen. Our guys are, uh, I hate to, I hate to tell on myself, I guess, but, um, I, I'm very structured. I'm very schedule oriented. I, I, sure. I just like it to be the way it is. And, and I don't, you know, maybe I put too much pressure on those guys to make sure it goes smoothly and to make sure it works the way that I'd like it to work. It's much less about me and much more about just keeping, uh, keeping our guys in a rhythm and keeping our guys in a flow and just not, not giving them a reason to think about anything other than just it being the way it should be. Absolutely. Um, Completely agree. And for sure. And, uh, you know, they, they've done a really good job with that, a really, really good job with that. So aside from, you know, aside from just meals being late or, or missing. <laughs> the things you can't, or, things you can't control. For sure, you know, Mercy, you coach, know, that's what I would always tell coach. I would say, coach, look, I can call the restaurant. They can, I can tell them a million times till I'm blue in the face. I want the food on the table. We're only going to be there 45 minutes. We show up, the food's not there. I can't do anything about it. Like, you know, I can't tell it. I can't yell at anybody about it. You know, I can maybe tip them less, but that's not going to do us any good. You yeah. know, yeah, it's a hard um, thing to remember in the moment as the as the head coach. And I, you know, we I travel, um, I travel separate most of the time. Okay. Me and my associate head coach usually travel uh, in a rental, and and the guys ride the bus, and and that that gives us something on the road to kind of. We also have a vehicle then on the road that whoever can go ahead and and sure. try to get yeah. to some of those things too. So. Uh, we've been lucky in that regard, and again, it, it's it's uh, it's been a point of emphasis for us to to have things go smooth. And mm-hmm. you know, I would say probably the biggest hurdle we've had is weather. Um, mm-hmm. You get out sometimes in the winter with the bus and trying to make that decision uh, to come home or not come home. You know, I I can remember um, we our, our conference tournament when I was an assistant. Our conference tournament was in Frankfurt at the time at the Frankfurt Convention Center, and. Um, it was the year that the, the tornadoes tore through McGoffin County and Morgan County. And we had lost an early afternoon game and we were trying to decide whether we were going to stay there or come home. And, uh, for, you know, we, the tornado warnings had been going off all day in Louisville and they kind of went over with us, you know, during the game, there was a, a siren or, or a warning where to go and where to hide and that kind of thing. So it, we were all on high alert and, uh, you know, I was pushing to go home. Like I just, when we lose those things, that's the last thing you want to do is stay oh, there. All the other teams are there, and you just have to. It's just misery. So I just wanted to get home as soon as, as soon as we could get home. And um, coach made a decision, you know, to not. He he just said, you know, what, it's we don't need to push it. There's no reason to do that. 
and we would have we would have literally been right in the middle of the tornado at that wow. Corpus Salyersville. Um wow, we went man. through the next we went through the next day and uh you know just the mm. aftermath of everything. I mean it was just totally destroyed and, and there, mm. was, there was debris everywhere. Uh, and, and we would have been literally right in the thick of it. So that was, that's always one that kind of sticks out in my mind, just of a, of a logistics decision that thankfully I wasn't in charge of. I would have led us right in the, into the the bad, but mm. uh, you know, that, that kind of always is stuck in my mind now with, with my own decisions. You know, if there's any risk of weather, any risk of something that, that could go catastrophically wrong, just just stay just not worth mm -hmm. it that's that's it, that's a hard thing so it really isn't tying and and i i can't relate because i wasn't a head coach but i was you know there every day with our head coach right you're responsible for 15 i don't know how many players you have on the ride 15 yeah. to 20 kids and families when you think sure. about it right like they are in your like you know watch like that's what i don't think people quite understand like these parents are entrusting you mm -hmm. as a human to like shepherd their children in four of the most important years of their life and our coach took it very seriously um like 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 i'm sure you take it the same way you know as, as one of his own like these girls were his own and uh that's something that i think gets looked looked past a lot of times when it comes to uh collegiate sports in general right um you know you can only help them so much right but you want to keep them structured enough where you talk about like you know, you want to help them as much as you can, but also mm -hmm. they've got to grow in their own, own way. Well, you know, this, this, it's just more decisions to make, honestly, more. And, and, you know, that was the hardest, that was the biggest adjustment for me in becoming a head coach. And I feel like I'm much, much better at managing, managing it now. Um, but for the first year, year and a half of, of doing this job, you know, de decision fatigue was a real thing. It was just, you know, you know, I thought I had a really started right at COVID. Yeah, I, well, I thought I had a good grasp on it because, you know, Coach Coach Wells let me be super involved with everything, you know, especially the last two or three years. He was doing the AD's job as well. And, uh, you know, he he wasn't – his office was over in the gym and our office is in the arena. So, you know, he really wasn't even there with us, you know, nine out of ten times. Um, mm -hmm. So, we – I was kind of running all the day-to-day -day stuff of everything we were doing. And by then, we I'd been in it long enough. I mean, it's just – checking boxes we knew exactly how it should go and, and run and do and um you know we'd keep him informed and, and bring him in when we needed to but I thought I, I thought that had prepared me for what I was going to have to step into and uh, you know there's just there's just you know no preparation that gets you all the way ready for it until you just do it and and there's just you don't realize how many decisions about just things just everything mm -hmm. I mean literally everything uh you have to make a decision about, I mean, just, just down to the, what the, the color of your Jersey to the, to, you know, I mean, just, I mean, every, every little thing you make the decision about. And, uh, you know, I, I, I thought I had a great grasp on that and I didn't. And it, it really, it really took a toll on me early. Um, mm -hmm. Well, it's because you uh, cared. That's the other thing, right? Sure. Like, you know, and, you know, you starting out, starting out too, like, you know, I guess, you know, even though the, the guys that I work with, you know, coach Chris has been with me, He's been on our staff for, for five years total. Coach Faulkner, I think, is finishing up seven or eight. Um, and we've worked together all that time, you know, and I've kept those guys with me. And, uh, you know, just being in a different role as a head coach, I guess, you know, even they were, you know, hesitant to just make the same old decisions that they'd always made for themselves because they weren't sure if that was the way that I was going to want it to, to happen and play out. And, um, you know, once we – once again, once we found our rhythm and once we've – 
you know, kind of went down the road a time or two. It, it runs itself pretty much now, and they know kind of the expectation, and everybody just kind of does does what they do. We know we know mm-hmm. now that graduation is upon us. We know kind of the next step and the things we're going to be working on, the things that are going to take our time. So, you know, it, I guess I've had to make many less decisions uh, now secondhand, but but initially trying to get everything you know exactly right in the way that you want it. It's been uh, it was tough. It was hard. Yeah. Uh, we talked about that. We've talked about this a couple times on the pod before. But ha- have you all ever forgotten the uniforms? <laughs> you know, no. Uh, our manager this year, uh, and I hope somehow he watches this. Hope he listens. Uh, we'll clip it for him. <laughs> so our, our manager this year forgot a set of practice gear um, on one of our road trips, and you know he's he's unbelievable. Does a phenomenal job for us. Let's build him up first before we. He he is. I mean, he's honestly. You know, I I know he doesn't. He doesn't necessarily have the same career aspiration that I I did at the time. But Uh you know, he approaches he approaches his role the same way that I approached the role when I was I was doing. You know, he takes it very serious. He's he's doing some JV recruiting stuff for us right now. He's he's doing a fantastic job. And uh, but this one time, he did not do a very good job. He forgot. Forgot the practice gear, and he was scared to death to tell me. Um, just I did bet. not want to tell me. Just thought that, you know, I, I just thought I was just going to go ballistic, which, like, I don't do on him. Uh, you know, it's just for whatever reason, he's made it such a big deal in his own mind. Sure. And I happened to be down in the lobby with with a few of our, our freshmen, and uh, they were Snapchatting or whatever, back and forth nonstop. And, and I had gotten wind that, that Isaiah was going to – come to me and tell me this but he just didn't know how to tell me yet uh-huh. and, uh, so I had those freshmen down there like snapping him and, and telling him like how ballistic I was going in the lobby <laughs> how, how serious I was about it and like what I was saying about him and like we were building it up like in, in this huge oh. situation to where like he was just he was really not looking forward to having to having to tell me so um that's funny manage when I was when I was doing the JV uh Nick Bowman and I, Nick is, uh, he's been, I an remember assist- Nick. he's been an associate head coach at Nickel State Division One in the, in the Southland. Um, they, they just had a changeover of staff. So he's, he's in the middle of jobs right now, but, um, uh, Nick and I were the GAs and we were going to Sinclair Community College in Dayton, Ohio to play and, uh, with our JV team. And we got up there and Nick had the only time that I can remember that I didn't pack the uniforms. Nick did. Um, Oh wow! And Nick, we we packed a duplicate. You know, uh-huh. we only had like seven kids, so we only brought like seven uniforms. Like we just we we packed a duplicate number, and uh, so that kid had to play the entire time with a piece of tape over the number. Right. We like we added like a one to it. Yeah. And uh, so he just played with like at <laughs> training tape on his on his uniform. Uh, the time. So I love we've not, we've like not forgotten them, but we've had to we've had to improvise a time or two with. We adapted. That's, adapted. That's smart of y'all, Ty. See, we we would we put the players in charge of their practice gear. If they didn't bring it, it was on them. That looked no, like that's that's part of my that's part of me being the way I am. We I don't you. put them in charge of anything. If we <laughs> if we want them to have it, we make sure they've got it. Of course, that way that way you know they're going to have it because no you gave question. it to them. You handed it no to them. They were hardcore over there at Rafford, weren't they, Joey? Geez. Hey, we, but, but like, like Ty talks about, right? Coach <laughs> wants us things a certain way. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's fascinating because you talked about it earlier. You've, you've been in one place for 14 years. Yeah. You know, I was only at Radford for five years and that's all. I only worked under one head coach. That was all I knew. 
So it always would be fascinating to me if I ever did go somewhere else or got back into college athletics. What you know, years were you like for, I was there five years. What, what years? Year, yeah, what years? Uh, 2014 to 2019. I was the video guy one year and then uh, Dubbo for four. Gotcha. So. My, uh, my associate coach, Evan Faulkner, played at Radford uh, for oh, two okay. years. He played at Radford for two years and transferred back to University of Charleston in West Virginia and finished – and then has has been here with us. So he oh, very cool. Like, was Greenberg played. his coach then? Maybe he was. Yeah, he played for Brad. Okay, okay, that's yeah. why I figured. He, we we I, have all kinds of stories about about coach. <laughs> I, I've 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 heard some of them prior yeah. to me showing up. But yeah, we had a different head coach at that point uh, when I got there. But because you Ty, you and I are pretty much the same age. I'm I'm 35. So yeah, it's uh, he he's a little younger. Uh, he was, you know, his he played at Elliott County High School here. It was really really good. Their, their teams were phenomenal. Um, and uh, he he and his brother went to Northern Kentucky, and he went to Radford, and uh, just cool. a just a terrible a terrible match. In all honesty, now looking back <laughs> on it, him and and Greenberg were were just not a, a great a great a little match. oil and water baby. No that? question, no <laughs> question. Um, I've got another question for you. So I I know you really well, right? We we've been friends for a long time. But um, what are you like, like in the locker room, like with the team? Like, what's your kind of style of coaching? I've never seen it's you. Probably, in that. It's probably more serious than I want it to be, in all honesty. Like, I, I try to – um, I've tried to get better at that uh, the, the longer I do it and the more that I go. Um, you know, we're not – the guys are loose. We joke around. We, we have great relationships with all of them. Um, you know, but I, I do expect them to be able to turn the switch when it's – when it's, it's time. you know, go time and when it's not. And, and you know, some guys aren't capable of flipping that switch. So you kind of got to – you got to gauge it differently and you got to have different relationships with all of them. But, um, you know, I would say that I'm probably a little more serious than I would like to be, probably more about the business than I would like to be. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, there's just something competitively with me that kicks in and uh, I'm just – you know, I, I'm, I'm an at-all-cost kind of guy. Like, I just mm – -hmm. whatever, whatever we have to do to do it, we're going to do it and we're going to win and then we're going to give everything that we've got. And like, there's not going to be anybody that, that um, stands in our way. And, and uh, just because they're not taking it serious enough and they're not prepared or they're not focused or, or that kind of thing, like you're, you're not going to, you're not going to do that to us. So, um, you know, it, it's getting better. It's getting better. We're a little more loose. And I think it matters what kind of guys you got to. Some guys you got to really put your thumb on, and yeah, some groups you got to really like drag through the mud a little bit and make sure they're doing what they're supposed to do. And some groups you don't have to do that as much as you can trust them and and they prepare. So I, I would I would say the group that we've got last year, the group that we've got now, um, I'm able to be much more loose, much more open, um, much more free flowing with those guys, and and much less you know procedural than than some of the guys or teams that we've had in the past. Yeah. Uh, so what what's it like right now? Are you guys in recruiting mode right now, or are you? Yeah, we've got uh, we've got three scholarships left. We've returned quite a bit, um, but you know it's uh, we lost. You know we're losing a, a few really good guys, really good players. Um, so we're we're having to replace them with really good players. You know it's not necessarily like you just kind of go next man up, and we're expecting some growth and and some uh, you know some more production from from some of our younger guys from this past season but at the same time you know we're you lose an all-american you try to go replace them with an all-american that's kind of mm -hmm. what you do at that level and that's uh that's that's the boat that we're in right now and 
uh, most of the time it happens a little later than, than this for us. It's a little later in the summer with recruiting. So, um, you know, we're, we're turning over all the rocks that we can right now, but, but trying to be patient and trying to make sure that we, we get exactly what we need. And, you know, we'd have a great locker room right now. Like our guys really get along uh, really well. Um, so that that's playing a, a much larger role. We brought in 15 new guys last year. So, I mean, it was a brand new everything. Wow. All new. Um, so this year's not quite as much. We're trying to make sure that we, we kind of defend our culture and defend our locker room a little bit, make sure that we don't bring anything that's going to change the positive things that we have going on in there. Nice. Ty, let me ask you this. So I came, I came to Radford and met Joey. I, I was at Union College for a year, and I, I told Joey how special the NAIA is, and it doesn't get enough credit in, in today's sports landscape as it should. Um, give, give us probably your best playing on the road in, in the Mid-South or in NAIA, because one of my memories stands out the most was playing at St. Catharines, and they had that stage in the end zone, and at halftime, they were playing the song, if you want to see some ass, we better see some cash. And there was girls on the stage dancing and they had to sweep up money before we started the second half. Yeah, and that, that was just was a special unreal sure. that happened. Yeah, St. Catherine was a special place for sure. Um, it was uh, it's a, it was an experience going down there and playing. You know, it was going to be tough. You know, probably probably one of the worst, worst places I've ever played, uh, we've ever played. Uh, just in terms of facilities overall, but um, you know they had some really, really good teams, really talented teams. Uh, J.T. Burton is the head coach at Tusculum now. He was the head coach down there during all that yep. time. Um, it, they they were really, really talented. You know, I, I think uh, St. Catherine was always really, really tough. You know, we the, the Georgetown game with us was always is always really, really crowded. I mean, their their gym is is pretty small in, in relation to, to, you know, what we've got and, and some of the other teams. And, you know, they it's always like 95 degrees in there. It's so hot. Um, and when we're there, I mean, it was, you know, there's been several years where it's been standing room only and there's been people out in the lobby, you know, kind of waiting to get in. And and it's just those games have always been super wild and hectic. Um, you know, they always get us down there and we were able to knock them off. We beat them here the last couple of years. So um, those are always hectic. You know, Campbellsville can get rowdy for, you know, every, every so often. But we actually we're, – we're leaving the Mid-South and going to the AAC next year. So, we're going to be playing at Union and, and some of those different places. So, um, you know, Union went 24-0 this year in the AAC. So, I guess that's – I guess we know who, we, who we've got to beat. Burton's that's good not basketball bad, right? coach. That's yeah. not bad, right? 24-0? Yeah. yeah. They won the national championship year after I left, Joey. Yeah, I, I remember. It was terrible luck for me. We I did that year. Them. That year we beat them by about twenty, I think, at our place. The year they won the title, so that wow. we still got them over that. Uh, yeah. The first time that I first game that I ever coached in college, we was a scrimmage at Union against against those guys. Um, the first team I had here in the COVID year, and uh, we we went down and and demolished them in that scrimmage. So hopefully, hopefully we can do the same thing. Like I'm. I sure am hoping, but they're super talented. Coach Burton is phenomenal. He does a great job uh, coaching those guys. It's going to be it's going to be tough for sure. Who's the best player you've coached against? Obviously, you guys have had a ton of talent come through Pikeville. Who's the best player you've coached against in your in your fourteen years there? Uh, best player that I've coached against, probably. Recently, it's been EJ Onu that was at Shawnee State. 
he was uh he was a seven foot dude that was uh player of the year was a monster um went to the, he's in the d league he's been or g league i guess it is now he's been bouncing around the g league he had a ton of high major offers to to grad transfer and, and go wherever he wanted and he he went on and played professionally um just unbelievable i mean they won a he, he won a national championship for shawnee state his senior year essentially he was he was just unstoppable an unbelievable shot blocker um just impact the game a ton of ways Campbellsville had a big kid several years ago. Um, Demontre Harris, I think, was his name. He was he was he played at Florida and he played at South Carolina. He was, I think, all all defensive team in the SEC at South Carolina. Wow. Um, he wow. was. It was the year that we had he we had KJ Manigault that year, his senior year. So KJ was a national player of the year for us. He and was Demontre legit. Was like the runner up for for conference player of the year to KJ. And if not for KJ, he he would have had a great chance to be a national player of the year too, probably. But um, he was – he certainly one that stands out. Georgetown's had a ton of guys over the years. Monty Wilson was really good. Um, Vic Moses was one of the best players that, that we've played against. Just don't know how he ever got what he got done, but he did. Um, they've they've had a ton of guys over, over the years. Um, trying to think. I know there's a bunch that I'm not even coming close. The, you know, the St. Catharines team, you know, the, the year we won a national championship, we finished third behind Georgetown and St. Catharines. Yeah, they were really good that year. Xavier Keeling played at Indiana before he went to St. Catharines. He was really, really good. Um, Kashif Carr played at St. Catharines, was probably one of the most talented guys we've ever played against. Uh, so, I mean, there's there's been there's been a ton, man. There's been there's been a lot. And luckily, we've we've had a few on our side to, to mm-hmm. negate it. A little bit. I was gonna so. say KJ's the one that stands out in my mind. He was just yeah, he could do he was, KJ, out there. Yeah, KJ obviously is the only player we've ever had in our program history to win national player of the year. Um phenomenal. Uh just was really hard to stop. But we had a kid, um I recruited a kid in 2014. I guess that that KJ's junior year. Um KJ came off the bench his junior year with the team that we had that we had four all Americans that year. Um, Bruce Reeve from Moorhead State ended up being the player of the year in the league for us. But we had a kid named Keala King who transferred. He he was a five-star recruit out of high school. He was in front of Deion Waiters and a bunch of those kids. Played at, at modern day, um, went to Arizona State, averaged like 12 a game as a sophomore at Arizona State, transferred to Long Beach and, and came to us his senior year. He's probably uh, – he was drafted. Him and Vance Cooks here are the two that were drafted from the G League. From, mm-hmm. from, but, Keala's probably the most talented, God-given ability kid that I've I've ever been around. I mean, he just – he was a 6'5 point guard, could do everything. I mean, legitimate – like, I mean, he you looked at him, you watched him play, that, that's what a five-star recruit looks like. That's what – that's mm-hmm. what those guys move differently. And uh, he he moved differently. He was really, really good. Nice. Well, we've got about one minute left here, Ty. Uh <laughs> So what what type of advice would you give somebody, you know, that's a, a young a young person uh, that's kind of trying to be like an aspiring head coach or assistant coach somewhere? What type of advice would you give uh, that person? Yeah, man, just just be prepared for it to be tough and not give up. I mean, if that's what you want to do, it's uh, you've got to find a way to grind it out. There's just you you've got to make sure that you are are uh, doing the job that you got. Too many people want to get into it and want to try to do the jobs of somebody that's above them or the jobs of the assistant coach or the head coach. And, um, you know, it's, it's a long time, you know, it was 11 years between the time I called a head a timeout as a, a JV coach to the time I got an opportunity to do it as a head coach. And during that time, you know, I, I had to learn how to do my job and, and not worry about what other people mm-hmm. were doing, other people's jobs. And that's a, 
that's a big thing in this business. People just want the the easy route. They want the quick route. They want the money. They want the they want the fame. They want the accolades. They want that kind of thing. And and it just doesn't come very quickly or easily. So yeah. just mastering the job that you've got while learning the job that you want, I think is is probably the best way of looking at it. Quote, quote awesome, that. At the end, we will. That. We'll clip that. Well, appreciate it, man. We're going to get you to bed here. Uh, we got about 10 seconds left on I this. Appreciate but that. Thanks for coming on, dude. And uh, thanks, Ty. That's, Thank another, you, that's another episode of Why Not Us, fellas. <laughs> Why Not Us? Appreciate we'll broker some NIL deals with Lincoln Road for you guys. I hey, like it. There you go. We should. All right.